Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Ksenia. And we're the co-founders of Leone, a virtual skincare consultancy changing the way that you shop for skincare for good. This is our podcast, The Skin Interview, and each week we interview skin experts, brand founders, and the beauty industry's best on the skin subjects that really matter. Do you want to know the products that you really need in your skincare routine? Cut through the noise of the trends to avoid to find the ones that really work? Or do you just want to know what's happening to your skin so you can achieve your skincare goals? Each week, we're going to answer these questions and more with no bias, buzzwords, or BS. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Skin Interview. I am Megan Felton, the co-founder of Leone, and thank you so much for joining today. I am going to be doing a little intro on my own because, as many of you will know, my co-founder Xenia is now on maternity leave. And so, yeah, it's just me talking to myself. <laughs> but this week, I am joined on the podcast by Dr. Justine Hextel, who is a consultant dermatologist who works very closely with the brand La Roche-Posay which some of you may be familiar with. It's an incredible French pharmacy brand that's now actually owned by L'Oreal. And it's one of my favorite brands really to recommend because it is so simple and they do kind of have a lot of great options for sensitive skin, which many of our clients that we see have sensitive or compromised skin barrier. So yeah, we kind of talk in this episode about why French pharmacy brands are here to stay and what makes a French pharmacy brand so great and why dermatologists actually recommend it. So it's a really interesting take. And in my opinion, it's one of the most educational podcasts that we've done so far. Dr. Justine is really incredible um, kind of talking about the skin barrier, which is the most important thing that we need to protect and gives a lot of her tips on why it's best to keep it simple. So I know that my skin right now, we talked a little bit about my skin actually in the podcast, but my skin right now is feeling really dry and flaky because it's this kind of winter transition. And also I feel like my routine's been a little bit broken. So I've actually had my parents in town visiting from Texas, which is so nice. Both my parents, my mom and my dad were able to come over finally But I've kind of broken my routine and I've also been eating things that I usually wouldn't eat because we're out to eat every single night, which is a great thing to be able to test all the new restaurants in London and stuff. But my skin is really suffering. And so I'm having a lot of dryness on the skin. I've had a few kind of rosacea flare-ups as well. And it's simply because my routine has changed. So I know for a fact that if I just kind of went back to my regular eating habits of Mindful Chef every single night and basically having my, my proper skincare routine that things would go back to normal. But a lot of our clients have messaged as well saying that their skin's kind of reacting to this weather. So we've had to make a lot of changes in their routines too. So if you haven't actually had a check-in yet um, with your skin mentor, now is a great time to do that because yeah, it's just this like winter weather is coming. Very much winter weather is coming. So things that I'm doing to kind of get my skin back on track. So I actually yesterday went and repurchased my Pestle and Mortar Hydrating Serum from Liberty. It's just my all-time favorite. I think that that hydrating serum just really does the job in winter. I was trialing a couple other products that just weren't really doing the job, so I'm not going to mention them, but nothing was really tackling that kind of flakiness. And then already kind of one night with the pestle and mortar, I was like, okay, my skin's feeling much better. Um, So I've done that. I've also switched my moisturizer. So I've gone back to the Dr. Jart Ceramide and Cream, which is really great for kind of ceramides in general are great for winter skin. So I've gone back to that and I'm actually rotating it with the Tellarian Fluid from La Roche-Posay, which we talk about in this episode. Um, I was very validated by Dr. Justine because she loved a lot of the products that we recommend and that we love too. So 
kind of rotating that one in as well. But really the kind of important thing to do if your skin is feeling more dry, if you're getting that flaking is to make sure that you kind of are toning down on the actives and upping your hydration. And that doesn't just mean drinking more water. That means also kind of upping hydrating serum usage. So, you know, if you're looking for one, I absolutely love the pestle mortar. I'm a big pusher of that, that product, but there's so many, there are so many great options out there. You can come to us and speak to us about which hydrating serum would be good for you through the winter months. But yeah, it's just that kind of seasonal switch time. So if you are looking for a solution to figuring out why your skin's so dry, all of a sudden um, do book in your skin session. You can use the Skin Tribute 15. I know a few of you are having issues with the discount code last week, but don't worry. We have finally sorted the discount code issue. So you can now use that um, discount code, the Skin Tribute 15 upon booking your skin session. And then also it's nearly Black Friday. So if you guys want to book in and get recommendations in time for the big sales, I would recommend you do that now because it does take us three working days to get your shopping list to you. It's because we write your shopping lists. If you don't know about our shopping list, basically it's your full morning and nighttime routine. Um, And we write like how you use it. We give you a calendar and everything. So if you're wanting that before Black Friday to know what to buy, because there's some really good sales on book your consultation. Now um, you can get 15% off with that code, but yeah, that's kind of it. I will stop blabbering away talking to myself now and let you guys go ahead and listen to this episode. I hope that you will enjoy it. Dr. Justine Hexel is she's on Instagram and also at the end of the podcast, you can get all of her contact details. She's, she's really absolutely incredible. And I'm hoping that I will get to meet her in person soon. Enjoy everyone. So hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Skin Interview podcast. I'm Megan Felton, the co-founder of Leone, and today I am joined by Dr. Justine Hextel, who is a consultant dermatologist, and we are going to be talking all about French pharmacy brands and why they're kind of having their moment. So if you're familiar with brands like La Roche-Posay, Aven, Bioderm, then you're also familiar with French pharmacy. So we're going to dive right in, but thank you, Dr. Justine, for being here today. And I would love to, for you to give a little bit of an intro to your background. Okay. Thank you so much, Megan. And thank you very much indeed for inviting me. I'm delighted to be here today. Um, so yes, I'm a consultant dermatologist. I've worked in the NHS um, for Part of many years. I've been a consultant for since 2004, and I'm also the medical director of the Terence Street Clinic in Arundel. So I, I specialise in inflammatory skin conditions, but also skin cancer. And so I have a very varied um, sort of work. Amazing. That's that's so interesting. And what made you want to go into dermatology specifically? Was there anything that you kind of loved about the skin or did it just kind of happen? Well, I, I've always been really interested in the way the skin can be a marker for underlying other conditions. And I, you know, I'm a physician, I'm, you know, I'm fascinated with medicine. And, uh, but I just felt that uh, I love the idea. There's a story. And I think I'm quite a visual person as well. So I'm very good at pattern recognition, I suppose. And also the dermatology departments, whenever I worked at Jean Doctor, seemed to be much more glamorous. They seem to also be out for lunch and <laughs> doing nice things. So I thought, hmm. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that. <laughs> exactly. I love that. And so I actually suffer from rosacea myself. And with our kind of skin consultations that we do, a lot of um, things that we're doing are asking questions about diet and lifestyle and those things. And of course, we refer then to someone just like you when it's kind of out of the control of day-to-day skincare. But I think it, it does really, your skin tells such a story. And so I think it's really interesting to look at it that way. And 
I know for me, I can tell when I'm stressed. I can tell when I haven't slept very well. I can tell if I've used something on my skin that it, you know, it's not reacting well to. And yeah, so with inflammatory conditions, you know, it really is the signal like, stop. It is. It is. It's like your barometer. And I think that's so true. And I say it to patients, your, your skin will tell you what's going on. And I can tell the moment someone walks into my clinic room, I can tell a lot about them just literally visually when they, they walk through the door. And, uh, you know, as we slowly go through this the story, we see that, you know, they may have had a stressful event at work or um, they may have dietary issues. And you can almost tell it in their skin. And I'm, I always take a holistic approach to my patients. I believe that I can see what I can see and I can treat it. But unless we go back to basics and start to look at their diet, their lifestyle, what they're putting on their skin, then all I'm doing is treating the end product. I want to treat the whole person. And I think that's a really important, always take it. And the first step to doing that is to listen to the story and it will all come out basically. Exactly. Because I think so much of the time with skincare, what we see is that people are treating the symptom rather than the underlying problem. So it's like putting a Band-Aid on something. And so I love looking at it holistically. I think that that's such an important approach. And, you know, of course, you know, you can eat all the right things. You can, you know, be doing all the right things in your lifestyle, but you still need a good skincare routine. So I guess that brings us to La Roche-Posay as a brand. And I would love to know how you connected with this brand and why you back this brand in the way that you do. Yes, I think we sort of discovered each other, really. You know, I started using a lot of La Roche-Posay products um, in the clinic and I realized that I can do my job as dermatologist, but if I'm also using the right skincare, it really augmented my practice. And I and I think that's a really important thing to remember that we see people for a short period, but what they're using day in, day out, the next five years, 10 years, et cetera, will really affect their long-term skin health. And I'm looking to make their skill healthy. And as I always say to patients, I'm not looking just to switch this episode off. I'm looking to give you a long-term sustainable solution for your skin. So your skin, you know, not only does it get better and no longer has the dermatological issue but it starts to glow and looks fantastic and I do feel that with La Roche-Posay I found a brand that could really help me with that and I you know no matter what the condition is they have an answer so it kind of dovetails really well with a dermatological practice and I don't think that's an accident they talk to dermatologists all the time when they're thinking about new ways of approaching things they were very much involved I think as dermatologists I think that's really why that's important they're looking to sort of dovetail you know with, with, with the dermatological practice. Yes. And so, and I think that that's one of the the reasons why it's kind of having this moment because I don't know if it's COVID. I don't know if it's, you know, we're kind of now starting to sort through all the misinformation around clean beauty and what that means, but people really are going back to these kind of French pharmacy type brands, the more science backed medical backed approach to skincare, because I think what people have realized when they've really, I guess, drifted away from those brands is that they tend to start to have more issues with compromised skin barrier, um, inflammatory response to different products and things that maybe are classified as, as more natural. What is your viewpoint on these French pharmacy brands and why they're becoming so mainstream? Yes, uh, that's a really good point. And I'd just like to go back to the point you made, which I think is really interesting. Having lived through a pandemic, 
we've all realized that the devil's in the detail. So you can read statistics, you can read, you know, there's lots and lots of noise, but actually when it comes down to it, evidence is everything, you know, and that's very important. I think we've all become much more aware, as you say, of the science. And I think these French pharmaceutical brands, really what it is about, about them is if they are based on science, they are looking to look after the skin barrier, look after the skin, you know, they, they want to work alongside a healthy skin and make the skin healthy. So they are offering really good science-based solutions. And I think that we are in an era now, particularly in dermatology, where there is so much noise regarding sort of skin and what to do. And there's some great information out there. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, sometimes I listen to it and think, I, thank goodness I've got 20 years of experience. Otherwise, that would be quite confusing. And I think what these brands do is they cut through the noise, you know, and they are like, this is it, you know, it's, it's straightforward. And I think that one of the most common issues I see in my clinic is people with a 12-step skincare regime. <laughs> and as soon as I just cut it away and give them something really straightforward, dare I say often from Roche-Posay, things start to settle down, surprise, surprise. So it's about cutting through and, and looking at things where there is real evidence for sustainable skin solutions is my term I've used. Yeah, it must be so frustrating, though, because, I mean, are you spending a lot of your day myth busting? I mean, are you looking at these TikTok trends? I mean, thinking, oh, my goodness, like, I can't believe that this is this is happening. I mean, people are doing crazy things to their skin. So, yeah, I, I think that that's a really interesting point that you make about just the 12 step routine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, no skin barrier is going to probably um, survive that no matter what your, obviously our, our skin barriers are different genetically. Some of us are slightly more prone towards a sensitive skin, etc. But I would say most skin barriers, no matter how robust they are, are going to suffer if you're constantly doing these, you know, triple cleansing, you know, more actors. I, I always use the analogy, when you have one chocolate, it often tastes really great. But by the 12th chocolate, it probably doesn't taste quite as good. You know, there is a law of diminishing returns. So the key, in my view, is to use things which will work alongside your skin barrier, respect your skin barrier. There is no moisturizer or skincare on earth which will be better than a robust, healthy skin barrier. So if you are introducing actives, you know, to help things like, I don't know, pigmentation, uh, anti-aging, etc., always go back to the core principle of keeping the skin barrier hydrated and healthy and robust. And that is what you find with these brands, I think. Yeah. And so I guess if you were to just, I mean, this is a little bit off topic, but now I'm just curious. Um, if you were to build a routine for something like, you know, a, an inflammatory condition like eczema or, you know, rosacea, for example, what would those basics look like for people? Because I think that now that we've seen 12 steps, they're like, well, what is, what is simple? Is it, is it just cleansing? Is it just moisturizing? What does that look like? That's a great question. And I think also make an important point there as well. People think unless they're doing stem 12 steps, they're not trying. <laughs> That's the irony. They think unless they're doing that, they're not trying with their skin and they're not going to get the skin they want. But actually, the truth is the opposite of that. So the first thing I would say to me as a dermatologist, the most important step is the cleanser. If you strip the skin barrier and if you upset the naturally acidic pH of the skin, you will get increased what we call transepidermal water loss. And that will continue probably most of the day. So no matter how brilliant your moisturizer is after that, you are on the back foot. So if you were to take one thing home from today, make sure you're using the most gentle cleanser you can that will, and you don't need to be deeply cleansing the skin. That's just a myth. So really remove anything you need to remove. Sure, you need to remove pollution. You don't want that resting on the skin that can cause damage. You don't want unwanted oils, etc., etc. But the truth is you want to cleanse the skin in a gentle manner. And the key is if your skin feels tight after cleansing, it's likely that what you're using is too strong for your skin. 
So that is the canvas of your skincare regime. And then after that, you just want to get some hydration to the skin. You know, for me, it's like, I love hyaluronic acid. I must admit, I love a bit of hyaluronic acid. But me then I want too. to trap, yeah, I love it. But then you want to trap that hydration because that's going to draw moisture to the skin barrier and then trap that with, you don't need to have to use a very strong moisturizer. If your skin's happy, it doesn't need really thick, heavy moisturizers. It's happy, it's, it's doing its own job. So gentle cleanse, a little bit of hyaluronic acid, then you want to use maybe a light moisturizer. And then of course, protect, protect, protect. You want to protect your skin from external aggressors. The most sort of worrying one, obviously being sun exposure or light exposure, because you don't want to be damaging the skin because most dermatologists now I think agree that probably about 80% of what we consider to be normal facial aging is probably related to external aggressors. And that's mostly UV. Exactly. This is exactly what I tell my clients. So I'm so happy to be validated. I think that the cleansing step is really, for me, what people get wrong the most. And I say the exact same thing that you've just said, you know, you're completely swimming upstream if you've got that step wrong. And so I think that because we have put so, you know, we've seen all this stuff about double cleansing and using this cleansing brush. I mean, oh my gosh, the Clarisonic. I was using the Clarisonic twice a day when I was in college. I mean, I just can't, my poor skin barrier. And I think that's what made me have this kind of early onset rosacea and probably a reason that we're seeing so many inflammatory conditions because we're all scrubbing our skin barrier off really just to go a little bit deeper into that cleansing step you know when you talk about a gentle cleanser what i speak about to my clients is something that's maybe a little bit more creamy maybe it is a balm cleanser if you really like that kind of you know approach of putting a balm and then removing you know your makeup that way maybe it's an oil but what what do you see as a, a gentle cleanser because a lot of these things will say gentle foaming cleanser. Is that an oxymoron? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I would probably see it that way, actually. Yes. So um, I tend to say to patients, avoid the foaming cleanser. You know, you have to remember the skin barrier is naturally acidic. So you know what, what you're using needs to sort of maintain that acidic skin barrier, etc. So heavy soaps tend to be more alkaline and they will disrupt the pH of the skin. And for me, it's all about that step. Also, when you're constantly cleansing your skin, you're upsetting the microbiome. And I'm very interested in a healthy microbiome for skin. I'm interested in the gut microbiome and I'm interested in the skin microbiome and the fact there's an interplay between the two. So from the earliest age, we have to sort of make sure we're not overbathing our children, we're not overbathing ourselves. And as you point out, I think a lot of the time we sensitize our own skin. So we create our own skin sensitivity. And if we can just get that advice about how to go after the skin barrier from the earliest age, it's going to be key. And there's some really interesting studies looking in, in babies at protecting the skin barrier and actually, you know, it's beginning to sort of, you know, sort of potentially stop that, what we call atopic march. So I, I talked about this 10 years ago. I gave a lecture 10 years ago and I talked about exactly this. And people just looked at me like, is that it? Is that the most exciting you've come up with, Justine? But now everyone's talking about the skin barrier. So there we go. I feel justified. <laughs> well, yeah, you must feel so justified now because you must have just been kind of watching. I mean, it all burned down with the 12 step beauty and all the acids. I mean, the over exfoliation, you know, I, I saw a study come out last week and I posted on our story and it was saying that the most, most popular skincare ingredient in the UK is BHAs. And in a lot of other countries, we had things like hyaluronic acid, we had aloe vera, um, we had more hydrating ingredients. And I said, does anyone else find this concerning that BHA is the most exciting ingredient in the UK? And 56% of our followers said that they didn't see that that was an issue. And I then followed up and said, the reason this is an issue is not because BHA is bad. It's because we're doing so many things to strip our skin barrier back and we're not giving it what it wants, you know, <laughs> which is basically to do not that much. 
Exactly. And it's so, and so if you want to use actives, that's absolutely fine. As you say, if you want to use a bit of BHA, fine. A bit of retinoid, great. Lots of evidence of retinoid and you know, affecting things like you know, changes from photoaging. But you've got to repair. You've got to go back to the basic of repairing the skin as well. So active repair, active repair. And when you want to repair, you know, then it is brands like La Roche-Posay, which are absolutely brilliant at doing that. Exactly. And it leads me to, um, you know, the protecting point that you made about SPF, which is so critical. And, you know, a lot of our clients who have not had a skincare routine before that come to us because we're just helping them to do exactly build a, a gentle skincare routine for daily use. A lot of the time it's for someone who just doesn't have a skincare routine yet. And they're like, help me. There's too many products. They don't necessarily have a, a skin condition or, you know, a problem, but they just need help. And so with that SPF, there's so much education around why it's so important to wear it every single day. And so La roche does a really good job with these kind of smart SPFs that don't feel gloopy and don't like trigger you from childhood when your mother was like putting zinc all over your body, which my mom did from the time that I was a newborn. Thank you to my mother. Um, (laughs) But so why is SPF so important and which SPFs do you recommend? La Roche-Posay obviously does them really well. So how would you help someone to figure out what SPF is right for them? Yes, another great question. So the first thing I would say is SPF it just means protection against UVB. So that's what SPF means. So so that's important too, because quite often people say to me, oh, no, don't worry, I'm using my SPF, my moisturizer. It's like, well, actually, it's very unlikely that that moisturizer is going to also be protecting against UVA. So we have to think about wavelengths that we want to protect against. So obviously UVB, that's a short wavelength. It will cause damage, it will sunburn us, et cetera. We need to protect against that. But also UVA is incredibly important. It's a longer wavelength. It will come through glass. It is there in the winter months, et cetera and it will affect things like aging of our skin uv aging we call it as dermatologists it will also affect things like unwanted pigmentation so want people who've got skin type three to six so the sort of darker skin tone you know one of the main problems you know the way their skin will age is sometimes dispigmentation and for example if i'm treating someone who's at risk of that post-inflammatory pigmentation for example with acne then the key i've got to remember is i've got to treat the acne but i've got to stop that unwanted pigmentation too that's really important things like melasma that unwanted pigmentation people get associated with pregnancy and hormones again those are often sort of longer wavelengths will also affect that so you need to try and remember you need to protect against not just uvb not just uva but also longer wavelengths as well you know sort of more of what we call visible light so all of these things now we realize can affect things like dispigmentation of the skin such as skin aging etc so what i love about la roche posay's and Thelios xl is the fact they combine as you describe your physical block your zinc you're covered in zinc but you will thank your mother one day because obviously you'll be looking 20 you know when you're sort of you know, 100 um, exactly <laughs> i will thank her even yeah, yeah, though you will <laughs> i can smell it now you know being on the beach and then you get the sand and the zi- oh it's awful yeah <laughs> but um but they combine that physical sunblock and the the mineral with the chemical and they work synergistically so it's a real powerhouse to protect you against the sun and what I love about the the fact is they have as you say very light versions so not everybody wants to be covered in a white 
fix sort of sunblock, etc. And compliance is all about whether something finds it easy to apply. If your sun cream's hard to apply, it gets all over your hands, it's you know, it's not nice, doesn't look great under your makeup, causes spots, it's comedogenic, you're probably unlikely to use it. What you really need is one which is going to be highly affected to really protect your gates, preferably as many wavelengths as possible, but also will be easy to put on, say, under makeup, and that will increase your compliance, and you can use it all the year round. And as you say, they've got some wonderful sort of new products now, like their anti-aging sun cream, which starts to target the signs of photo-aging, so helps to sort of stop pigmentation you don't want or little sunspots, but also helps to hydrate the skin, protect the skin, so all in one go. And people don't want necessarily to be putting three layers on, they might just want to use one layer, and they can use that and they can go... For example, I love their Hyla B5, but their Aqua 30, which is their Hyla B5 hyaluronic acid with the 30 filter, is fantastic. If you're on holiday you know, you want to really layer it up, I will use that first, let that soak in, give me lots of hydration, and then I'll use my sun cream on top of that. So I'm getting extra sort of protection from that sort of Mediterranean sun. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, that's a, that's a way that you can layer them in. I, I'm going to recommend that because... People love that one. And and it doesn't feel um, sticky on the skin, which I think is good. What I do, because I love the new Age Correct one, it has niacinamide in it as well. I think it has B3 in it, which is really nice. And um, what I'll do is in the morning, I'll cleanse my skin or I will rinse with water. Maybe this is a horrible thing, but I will either just damp, lukewarm cloth, just kind of pat it and then go straight in with my skincare. I don't have an issue really with congestion or anything. And sometimes I feel like when I wash it, even if it's gentle, it's already too much. So then I go straight in with a hydrating serum and then just my SPF. Now, some people like to layer because maybe I guess you're a little bit more dehydrated or something like that. But I do find that just the age correct and a a hydrating serum is enough for even my like dry skin. So how do you feel about that? So no, I think that's, if you feel that's good for your skin, and we're very good at knowing what's good for our skin, as you say, we're excellent at spotting when it doesn't feel quite right. But yes, I think layering in the Hyla Aqua 30 with your, you know, your sun cream on top with the extra moisturizer in it and the calming niacinamide is a great idea, definitely. I think you can layer products. So for example, quite often I get someone to put a hyaluronic acid on, then a very light, really nice water-based moisturizing lotion to trap that hydration and give the hyaluronic acid something to draw onto as well. And then put the sun cream on top as well if you really want to help to really pack the hydration to the skin. And let's be honest, a calm, hydrated skin barrier will glow, you know, and that's what you're looking for. It's the most important thing. I think I think for those of us that suffer from rosacea, I mean, I feel like it's just constantly an uphill battle with my hydration levels. I mean, everyone could be drinking more water. <laughs> I think I could definitely be drinking more water. But do you have any tips for for people who are feeling other than, I guess, like kind of, you know, the, the hydrating serum twice a day that are suffering from rosacea for getting that hydration in? Yeah, I do. I do. So for example, use a, a really gentle sort of almost wipe off cleanser. And remember water sometimes can irritate our skin. If we're sort of in a certain a minerally area, like hard water, some people find it irritates their skin. So quite often patients say to me, when I wake up, my skin's okay. I come out of the shower and my skin's bright red, okay? And it feels dry and tight for after the shower. Uh, and that's interesting, isn't it? So why is that? Is that the water alone? Is that the heat of the shower? Is it like, because it's too hot, et cetera, and that can sort of dry the skin out? Is it the fact that you're using shampoo, which maybe has a preservative in it that your skin doesn't like? Remember that things that are put in things like shower gel or shampoo are not created for a face. And I'm always horrified. I'm always interested. I love to interrogate my patients. It's like, what do you wash your face with? They're like, oh, just some shower gel. Okay, so 
So, you know, the radox. <laughs> You know, I can't. Okay, well, we've got, you know, but that's great for me to tell you, it means I've got so much room for maneuver, you know, to make things better. But um, so one of the things I often recommend is put a moisturizer on your face before you go in the shower. Because all you're doing there is you're kind of shoring up your skin barrier. You're giving it extra protection. And so some people say their eyes get dry after the shower. Well, around the eyes, we don't produce much oil. So we're, it's very vulnerable to sensitivity and dryness. So putting a bit of moisturizer on your face before the shower is not a bad idea. When you're showering, just make sure your face is away from the shower. You know, you're not, you're not showering straight onto your face. And then when you come out of the shower, that's when you use your lovely milk cleanser to get rid of any, any possible shower gel or anything that might have drifted onto your face or or shampoo because you know just to reiterate things like preservatives or perfumes in these products may not be good for a sensitive skin so cleanse that then cleanse everything off your face and then you put on your lovely hyaluronic acid then you layer with some extra sort of lovely hydrating moisturizer something like your tularin ultra moisturizer uh, maybe a tularin sensitive fluid etc and then you put your rich sort of moisturizer on and those three layers will just really help to trap some hydration to the skin but you know you are managing to bypass that first step where shower gels shampoos hot water may be damaging the skin barrier. So that may help. I love that. I really love that. One thing that we've said is jojoba oil. So, you know, just to to create that barrier because it's so true, the shower. I find that in London, my skin is just more sensitized than when I'm in Texas. You know, I think that part of the, the Texas climate, my skin likes, it's a little bit more humid. It's not that kind of dry air. Also just, in, you know, pollution and things like that. I, I think that just where I live in Texas, it's just not as much of an issue. I think you'll make a good point. I think pollution is an irritant to skin. It irritates the skin. We know those very small particles, they'll sit in the skin and they, you know, they will upregulate enzymes which will break down your collagen. So, you know, you want to get that pollution off your face. Now that does not mean <laughs> everyone listening has to go and do triple cleanse. You know, you can remove it with your gentle cleanser with a cotton pad, et cetera, or whatever. You can do that quite straightforwardly, but it is important to get that pollution off your face for sure. And, you know, remember that any rich sort of moisturizer you put on your face if it's really dry will help to protect that skin barrier from you know central heating pollution you know dry air you know etc cetera, etc cetera. so but you're right the water may not suit you maybe the water as well may not suit you in London I really don't think it does yeah as soon as I go down to Cornwall my skin's okay you know it's it's definitely a difference in the water yeah it's a huge difference and when I moved to London so I moved to London six and a half years ago and I already had, you know, rosacea, but it wasn't to the point where I was getting the kind of almost what looked like pustules and things um, from it. And when I moved to London, it just, I think it was stress levels, total change in diet. You know, I was eating foods that were completely different. I'm a big meat eater at home. I wasn't eating as much meat and things like that, which I just think any change is going to impact the skin. And so I didn't know what to do. And that's what led us um, down this journey, Ksenia and I, my business partner, to starting this business because I just couldn't figure it out. I could not figure it out. And it was so expensive. You know, I was my first job, you know, I didn't have money to go and speak to someone who, you know, really had the the expertise to either prescribe medication or, you know, or do that. So that's what led us to do this. It was, it was very overwhelming. And and when you, you're like, well, do I wash my face with bottled water? I mean, is it this water? Is it my new detergent? What is it? 
Yes. Well, I think, as you point out, it's probably a confluence of things. So as you say, you know, I'm very interested in what we call the skin brain gut access and how the, they interplay like stress, gut or microbiome, skin microbiome. So I think there's there's more work to be done, but I'm interested by it, definitely. But as you say, change environment, change in sort of humidity. So it will probably be several things which then come together to sort of create this uh, change the skin barrier and trigger sort of a rosacea. So it's about unpicking that. So Feel free, Meg, if you want to sort of chat to me one to one. Like I found ways of unpicking it. <laughs> Definitely. I, I really love it. I, it's like Sherlock Holmes, you know, you're just constantly trying to figure out different avenues. Could it be this? And, you know, also giving your skincare time. And so with skincare, so if you were to prescribe a, a routine, how long would you say people need to give it to see a difference? And also if you, this whole purging idea, what is your outlook on purging? So there's kind of two questions there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it takes time it takes time to settle down you know if if what you've been doing to your skin has created sort of an inflammatory skin process you know it just takes time for that to settle down and I always said to patients you know some were lucky you know within sort of a couple of days things are so much better but for others it takes longer and it's the skin remembers you know um, and the immune system remembers etc so you have to keep sticking with it and, and but in time things will get better and better but it can take weeks so to be patient be patient and be kind to your skin so just think what can I do to be really kind to my skin to sort of calm my skin to hydrate my skin to protect my skin that's the first thing I would say purging well retinoids for example can purge your skin so when we first use retinoids for example and acne patients may find it because it drives the skin cycle etc that they get more spots appearing but it will settle with time as well and um, some people say, oh, my skin gets used to products. I'm not so convinced by that. I think if you find the skincare regime that works for you, then, then use it. I think I would say when you get to the stage where you no longer think about your skin during the day, where it's no longer, you, you're not aware of it, that means you've got the really good skincare regime. Your skin's, your skin's good. It's in a good place. And so that's why I always say, if you're reaching for moisturizer at lunchtime, if by the time you get home, your skin's kind of peeling off and really dry, then we need to try and do something to switch off that sort of problem with the skin barrier, that, that irritation, that inflammation. Yeah, it's so true. One of the questions we ask is, how does your skin feel when you wake up? And then what does it feel like by the end of the day? So it's exactly that. Because, and a lot of people say, hmm, I don't actually know. And I'm like, great, that's a perfect answer, you know, because yeah, exactly because that's the information that I needed. So it's it's really interesting that um, you know, a lot of the time too, people they get oily throughout the day and stuff like that. And so they feel like they need to cleanse multiple times a day. But I guess your answer to that also is probably that that maybe something else is off balance. They don't need to go in and start keep cleansing. Yeah, no, that's that's right. And in fact, interesting again, and studies, you know, show this that if you constantly overstrip the skin, it the skin will try and adjust to that. You know, if you're constantly and it may produce more oil. So interestingly, for example, I get acne patients coming in and and they say, My skin's producing so much oil. And actually, once we sort out the skincare and make sure they're using really gentle products and you know, obviously not comedogenic, but water-based moisturizers to really put some hydration to the skin, the skin's telling itself, I'm okay, I'm good. I don't need to try and create more oil to sort of settle that sort of slightly inflammatory, slightly dry skin down. So so it's about balance, it's about getting the skin back to where it should be, which is when it feels balanced, and then everything seems to calm down. So it sounds counterintuitive, but often I say to my acne patients, just stick with me, just listen to me and we'll do this and you'll see make such a difference. And they suddenly notice their skin feels so much better, you know, and they're doing so much less to it. So even in a so-called acne skin, it's important to keep it lovely and hydrated. 
particularly some of the treatments we give, benzyl peroxide, retinoids, they will dry your skin, they'll make it irritated. So even more important, if you want compliance for your patients to treat their acne, you need to make sure that you're keeping the skin nicely hydrated. Mm-hmm. And what's your favorite La Roche-Posay moisturizer for somebody with that kind of dry but acne skin? I think that that's almost one of the hardest kind of concerns to address is the moisturizer for dry breakup prone skin. Yes. Okay. So if it's breakup prone and it's dry, I actually love the Tolerian sensitive fluid. You know, it's prebiotic. It's lovely and light. It's beautifully hydrating. And, you know, um, I very often, of course, I love the Ethiclar Duo because it's a treatment. It's, you know, it's, it's an active treatment for acne. But if, I, if I'm if i treating them and I want to give them a treatment to go alongside, then something like the Tolerian sensitive fluid, it's beautifully light. It's really hydrating, but it also respects the microbiome of the skin. Very, very important when you're treating the inflammatory skin condition. I'm so validated. That's my favorite one too. <laughs> my goodness. I'm like, yes. <laughs> That's so good because it just is, it's not too light. It's not too heavy. It's not too overly active because I think a lot of people also don't realize that they're doubling up on actives when they're using a BHA in their routine, for example, and then they also have a moisturizer that has it. So it's a great one because it's it's like doing what a moisturizer is supposed to do exactly which is what it's got to do and then that allows a bit more maneuver with the actives to try and treat the acne but at the same time you're supporting that skin barrier and that's very very important remember acne is an inflammatory skin condition you want to try and support that inflammation you want to try and calm the skin hydrate the skin make the skin settle down etc and that makes such a difference Mm -hmm. definitely there is a label that goes on on skincare bottles. It says for all skin types. So what do you have to say about that? And should people be wary of the labels and you know what's on, on a product? Because I think it can be really confusing because it's like, well, all skin types and I can use everything all together. How should people approach that? Yeah, that's another good question. I think we're all too keen to try and um, um, pigeonhole our skin. It's almost like if we don't know what skin type we have, we can't even begin. And I think that's not true, really. I think there's a really good, there are many very good products out there which are really calm, hydrating, you know, soothing, great for skin, which will suit all skin types, you know, obviously, if you've got a really dry skin, you're looking to have maybe slightly richer cream or moisturizer. If you've got acne prone skin, you don't want to be using anything too oily or rich, because it may be comedogenic. But there are some very good products in the middle, which can go either way, which will really look after your skin. And I think that skincare principles to me are are really straightforward. And it's like, don't overstrip your skin, get plenty of lovely hydration to the skin, protect your skin. And I would say that really worked across the board for me as a dermatologist. Definitely. And, and and listen to your skin. You know, if some if a bottle says all skin types and you put it on and it's burning your skin or, you know, you've got a reaction, then it, it, it's just not for you. What works for one person may not work for the next person. So I think that's really important as well. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I would say it's remarkable how many people are walking around with slightly off sensitized skin. It, it's really interesting. As I said, I, I ask all my patients because I'm genuinely interested. And you know, and we always sit down before any consultation. I say, what do you cleanse? What do you moisture? And we just go through it all. And it's really interesting how just tweaking that skincare regime, so many people say, my skin feels better than it's done in 20 years. And it's fascinating. And finding the right skincare for someone's skin is so important, I think, because it really does contribute to 
to long-term skin health. And I think, but this, it's so fascinating how people are walking around there with the wrong regime, which is not really working for them. Exactly. I would say that when when people come to us, the cleanser, I would say nearly 100%, like somewhere like upward 90% of, of people are using the wrong cleanser. I can't think of one client that's come to me and I've said, keep using that cleanser <laughs> ever. Exactly. Isn't that interesting? I mean, that's just amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. And you think how much, how many words are written out there, how many words are spoken out there about skincare, and yet you've got that percentage of people who are just not using the right product. So that shows it's so much noise <laughs> and you need, you know, straightforward advice. And, and as you also touched on earlier, it's very expensive to keep getting it wrong. Because if you keep getting it wrong, you're, you know, you're buying another product and another product, then you're having to get help, etc. So it can really, really sort of undo sort of skin health. So and it's it's what you're doing every day. So it's incredibly important that that's right to really maintain that sustainable skin health. Yeah, exactly. And I think that these, you know, brands like La Roche-Posay, when I recommend a routine, I very rarely recommend one without a La Roche-Posay product. It is one of our all-time favorite brands to recommend. Um, I also love Aven, Bioderm. These these French pharmacy kind of hero brands have been around this long because they are fantastic. So I guess if you had to pick your favorite products from La Roche-Posay or a French pharmacy brand, but mainly La Roche-Posay, what would, what would they be? Um, I love the Telerin Demo Cleanser. Because it's just my go-to. If somebody's got you know the most sensitized skin, I can say to them, "Do not worry. You are very likely to tolerate this cleanser, and it's going to make your skin feel better." Um, I love the Hyla B5 Hyaluronic Acid. It's a bit of a hero product for me. It's just great. The two molecular weights. One goes deep into the skin. The other sits on the surface to hold the hydration in. Everyone always loves it when I recommend it. You know, I think the Telerin Ultra range is great because. You know, I know for, for working with Roche if one person reacts, they're looking back towards the drawing board again. You know, it's really that. You know, they really, really want to make it, you know, as tolerable as possible for the most sensitive skin. And as we touched on earlier, the lovely Telerin sensitive fluid, who wouldn't benefit from a little bit of Telerin sensitive fluid? <laughs> the best. Honestly, it's, uh, it's one that I always, because I have to try all these products like all the time. So I am trying new brands and things that, Sometimes at the, <laughs> I feel bad for my skin because I'll be like, hmm, this isn't going to go well, but I know like, okay, I need to try it and you know, whatever. And so I always, it's kind of one of my, what I call my foundation routine that I go back to that, that would be my kind of go-to moisturizer with no actives. Your rescue. <laughs> it's my, it's my rescue. It is. Yeah. And I, and I think it's really fascinating how often people are using products which are actually created so cool for sensitive skin and actually they tell me they're using it and I go, yeah, okay, we, we won't be using that anymore. And then we put them on skincare regime. What a huge difference it makes, you know? So it really does matter what you're using. And I think, you know, dare I say, as a dermatologist I really learned about skin brands and skin products you know over the years and it's really helped my practice you know um, it really really supports my practice so I think I get better results because I know exactly what to put people in the right direction of etc so I think that you know it's very very important what you choose a dermatologist what your patient's going to use in between your prescriptive treatments definitely and we all need our rescue stuff the stuff that just makes our skin go ah oh, like a glass of water or a cool press on the skin oh that feels better <laughs> You need that. You need that. And, you know, I speak to a lot of beauty journalists and a lot of press that they get sent stuff, influencers, they get sent stuff all the time. And we'll be doing these kind of, you know, demos, showing them what we're all about. And, you know, I just say, do you know what? Like, 
I can tell you the things that you can and can't use still that you have, you know, because they have boxes and everything, but we need to get a foundation routine that you can go back to because your skin's not, you can't just keep doing a new thing every day. Yes. I've seen, I've seen a lot of so-called, you know, influencer skin and, and the problems they've got. And, you know, as soon as I just sort it out and just say, okay, this is what you're going to do now. You know, within 24 hours, I get an email saying, oh, phew, you know, it feels, things feel so much better. And I'm always surprised by how quick that improvement can happen as well. Exactly. There was a thing. It's so funny. At Space and K, they said when people started working in the corporate office, they used to call it Space Face because they would be so excited to try all the new products and they would cause Space Face that, you know, they would get reactions. Isn't that so funny? Yeah, that's so funny. That's that is. It is. Well, I had a patient the other day who'd had a really, really awful sort of eczema to skin eruption for three years. I think I was dermatologist number six, really, you know, and um, within, he claims, 12 hours of starting new treatment, his skin was getting better after three years. So so it really was. I mean, that's remarkable when you hear that and you think, gosh, that's why you go to work, and you know, to, to hear those sort of stories. But but it, literally because the products that this person was using were just driving the process, you know, that they, they, they'd sensitized their skin. So it's really interesting. It really is. It really is. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I've so enjoyed this conversation. It's been extremely interesting. And to be able to talk to someone who knows so much about one of my favorite brands as well is is absolutely incredible. So thank oh, you. No, honestly, Meg, it's been an absolute pleasure. I think we definitely do sink and say him sheet, which is marvelous. Yes, I think, I think <laughs> awesome. we definitely do. Love to meet a like mind. <laughs> I know. So. No, it's so nice. And if where where should they go to find you? Yeah, so my email is just um, it's just info at justinhextor.co.uk and this uh, Instagram is uh, at Tarrant Street Clinic. Uh, Tarrant Street Clinic says Tarrant ST Clinic, Tarrant Street Clinic, basically, and we're there. Amazing. And we'll put all of this info in the show notes and also on our Instagram as well. Um, you guys let us know if you if you want to get in contact with Dr. Justine and we will we will make that happen. So thanks guys for listening and we will see you all next week. 